baseball action right now. The Reds up on Washington 3-2. Baltimore up 3-0 over the Yankees. That game's in the fourth. Atlanta putting some runs on the board up 4-0 over Cleveland and the fourth. And Seattle, excuse me, St. Louis is up 3-2 over the Miami Marlins. That game is down in Florida. So is our next guest. He is Brendan Tobin. Of course, he's the host of Tobin and Leroy down in Miami, but more importantly, my co-host right here on the BetQL Network. Every Saturday night, the better half of Tapped Out. We talk fighting, but right now, let's talk a little basketball, dude. Damian Lillard, ass out. He wants to go to Miami. Are the Heat going to be able to pull this thing off? I think so. Um, You know, typically when the superstar, you know, is that specific about a destination where he wants to go, uh, it usually happens. I do think that the Heat I, – I don't disagree with people who say the Heat don't have the best package here. Um, there may be some better assets out there, but it's never really stopped other guys before. Guys have gotten to go to locations and not necessarily have the best draft packages if everybody was really in on it and, and, and could get in on getting every superstar – then, you know, maybe guys would go to smaller markets or go to places with a ton of draft picks. But I think Dame, the Heat have a couple things going for them here. I think that they have, they, had, they do have good stuff. It's not like a terrible package. Uh, and second of all, I think that they have the idea that there is going to be some I think, league pressure from, from the player's side of things. Like, hey, this guy's done right by you. He's stuck around with you guys through thick and thin. It's you guys have decided to go into a different direction. Do right by him. And if he wants to go to Miami, it's not in the same conference. You're going to face him twice a year. You guys aren't going to be on the same timeline anyway. So what's the harm in it really? So I think the heat has been planning for this. They've been pretty quiet all off season um, because they didn't really get in the Bradley Beal talks, even though he was interested in coming here. Um, they, they kind of brushed that aside. And so this was the guy they've been waiting for. I think Jimmy and Bam have been kind of working behind the scenes to make this happen. And, uh, we'll see. It, I, I do think that it, it's, it's hard to know whether this will get done this week or this is going to be something that's going to drag out a little bit, but I do think it ultimately ends with, uh, Damian Lillard, uh, starting for the heat of point guard next year. So let me ask you, is there any, any package that would make you say they gave up too much. Is this a situation where you say no matter what, obviously outside of Bam and Jimmy, or is it a situation where you go, well, I didn't want to give up this or that? Because sometimes teams go, you know, it's it's the and I, he's obviously not Rudy Gobert, but it's the Rudy Gobert. Like you gave up six, four, four of these picks and four swaps and this and that. Is there anything that's too much, or are you just like just get this man here no matter what? Well, look, Sean, I don't know, dude, if you were watching Summer League tonight, but Jaime Jaquez Jr. and Jovic were looking good out there. I don't know. They may have played themselves unplayable after this. But, um, no, I, I think that the attitude they're probably going about this is pretty much everybody is on the table that's not Jimmy and Bam. Um, they don't have, like, the, the war chest of picks that everybody does. They only have two first-rounders and a swap that they could give in this deal, which isn't terrible, but – um, you know, considering the, the amount of money that is owed to Damian Lillard, you know, I think that's that's probably where they're looking for is like, hey, we're taking a, a risk here for a guy who's going to be 37 and we're going to pay $63 million to. Um, but I, the only guy I think that they're probably going to quibble over is probably Caleb Martin uh, just because of the contract that he's on, the kind of showcase that he had. The word is that Damian Lillard really wants to play with him too. They have a good relationship. So, that's probably going to be the biggest sticking point. But in my opinion, if you told me, hey, it comes down to Caleb Martin, uh, 
trade him or don't trade him to get Damian Lillard. I'm trading him. I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna put all chips to the table. They did sign Jaime Jaquez, their, uh, their first-round pick from this year, yesterday officially. So he can't be dealt, I think, until, like, August 1st. Um, but if you're telling me Jovic has to be on the table, Hero has to be on the table, yeah, I think this is the guy that he'd have been waiting for. That he'd have been waiting since Jimmy got here for a superstar to say, I want to go play with the Miami Heat. I want to go play with Jimmy and Bam. They've been on the outskirts of some of this stuff. Like, they were the other team in the Durant sweepstakes. They were the other team in the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes. Uh, even James Harden a couple years back, they really couldn't get in the game for him. So this is the first guy who you're like, wow, this guy's a huge difference maker, and he wants to team up with Jimmy and Bam to try and get them over the top. Summer league games have never been more important, to your point. Like, the Heat are really throwing these dudes out there going, go out there, ball, see what you got, and then we might trade your ass because we're trying to get back Damian Lillard. We're talking with Brendan Tobin here on the BetQL Network. Did they fall out of love with Tyler Hero at some point? Or maybe during this postseason run when he was injured, did they realize maybe we don't need that guy? In a way, I think so, Sean. Like, I think that – Tyler even acknowledged this when he got hurt in that he said, I knew whatever I did in the regular season, which was a very good regular season for him. He knew it didn't matter because his playoffs stunk the year beforehand. um, And he really doesn't know why he did deal with some nagging injuries, but he also said he was just in his head a little bit. So we haven't really seen him succeed in the playoffs since the bubble. We haven't seen him since they had the old snarl in the, uh, the NBA finals against the Lakers. And so, it was a big finals for him. It was to kind of prove, hey, I could be the third guy with Jimmy Bam because they're looking for exactly what he can provide. It's just he's 23. He hasn't perfected his game yet. And I think that they are looking for somebody who's a little bit more on the timeline with Jimmy because even though Bam's young, Bam has shown, like, he can play in the postseason. He can, you know, do a decent job on the best centers in this league. He can go and give you 20 and 10. And Tyler hasn't proven that yet. So I do think that there was a little bit of, okay, look how far we got without him. It may be unfair to him, but it's just reality. Uh, Riley did the right thing at his end-of-the-year press conference where he was talking him up to the high heavens. But you kind of knew it was a bit of a sell job because he brought it uh, up unsolicited. And he was even like, ah, people say he can't guard. Ah, so many guys can't guard these days. I'm like, you're Pat Riley. Like, you don't care about anything but defense and rebounding. What do you mean? And so you kind of knew he was trying to talk up his, what, you know, his, his highest asset. But I do think there's a little level of people are throwing way too much dirt on Tyler Hero, too. Um, you know, he's a lot better than people are kind of talking about him through in the national media. And he is only 23 years old. I mean, the guy is super young. Uh, he's, a, he's, an, he's an offensive sniper. He's really good in the fourth quarter and was really good. Uh, one of their go-to guys in the regular season. He just didn't get the chance to showcase it because of an unfortunate injury. Is there I'm, – I'm in Philly, right? So we are – Miami and Philly are the two teams that are like Dame or nothing. It's all in. This is the guy we need. If we don't get him, it's going to be disappointed. I think everybody else is just in it because he's Dame, but it ain't do or die for them. And it sort of feels like Philly doesn't have a plan B, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I'm not a big fan. I don't think Philly's going to get him. So now I'm thinking to myself, are we just doing the same old thing? Is Miami, is there a plan B to you? If they don't get Dame, is there a plan B of saying, all right, let's go out and get this guy or that guy or trade for this guy and that guy to return to the NBA Finals? 
Yeah, that's a good question. I do think a lot of their eggs are in the Damian Lillard basket. That's why they didn't put in such an effort to bring back guys like Struess and Gabe Vincent. I think they knew they were going to lose those guys. So you did essentially lose your your backcourt for the NBA Finals. And, you know, I suppose, look, they always have the safety blanket of Kyle Lowry is, has another year left on his deal. Uh, he did play decent in the playoffs. And so they could always go back to that well. Him and Jimmy have a, a really, really strong relationship. Uh, they did bring back Josh Richardson, one of their former draft picks, who I think Eric Spolscher talked into taking less money so he wouldn't go to Boston to, to come to Miami. So uh, people are pretty hyped about what he can bring to the table. And, and so I, I do think that the guys I mentioned, Hakez and Jovic, I do think that some of these young pieces that maybe people aren't familiar with, they always seem to know when those guys are ready to step up. People talk about, like, the development of the undrafted guys. They always have such a great idea of when those guys are ready to take a next step and give them more. So that's probably uh, the level they go. But, no, to, to, to really, like, put themselves over the top on paper in contendership, no, Dame's the guy. Dame is the guy they have been waiting on. Dame is the guy their stars have been recruiting behind the scenes. You know, Jimmy doesn't do a lot of recruiting. And Jimmy has gone to the front office and said, like, let's do everything we can. And he knows, like, that even means, hey, Kyle Lowry's probably not going to be here. That's the godfather to his daughter. Uh, you know, Bam Adebayo and Damian Lillard are super, super tight. And so I think that's why Dame's so specific on why he wants to be here and why he's not as specific on wanting to go to a place like Philly. I think that he just does. I, have a, I, I, I think everything's lined up here a little bit more. And while Philly has the MVP and Joel Embiid, you know, Maxi is in that Tyler Hero role of he's still kind of young, and and I think he, youth kind of scares Damian Lillard right now. Whereas Jimmy and Bam are a little bit more proven, and that's why, you know, you've heard them as the the favored destination of him, and why he's so keen on going down here. Never disrespect the Godfather. We're talking with Brendan Tobin here on the BetQL Network. Um, does it make them better than Denver if they do actually land Damian Lillard? Um. It definitely helps. I mean, like, that was one of the things with Denver last year. I thought they did, in that finals, a pretty darn good job defensively against Denver. I mean, considering what an offensive juggernaut Denver was. But to Mike Malone's credit, after that game, too, they really, really tightened things up defensively. And they just didn't have a guy who could just be a bucket getter. I don't know. You know, I, I think Jimmy was a little bit worn down. He definitely was dealing with some ill effects of his foot and his ankle. But also, to, to, to Denver's credit, they just did a good job. And Riley actually gave voice to this after the season, too, where he goes, like, look, you know, Jimmy, I'm not going to give him a pat on the back. I'm, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, like, we're not those type of guys. And, and Denver, you got to give them credit for what they did to him. So he wasn't looking for the out for his star. I, but I do think that we all came out of that finals knowing – the obvious thing, and that's the Heat just need a more bona fide, proven scorer. And you got to tip the cap to what Gabe Vincent was able to do and Strews was able to bounce back in that last game five, but they were inconsistent where they were monsters throughout the playoffs for the most part. When they got to the, the biggest stage, uh, it wasn't good enough. And so they need to kind of solidify that last go-to spot for him, especially one of the reasons being because Jimmy and Bam are their best defenders too. So they got to carry the burden on that side of the floor as well and, and have somebody who can really buoy the scoring when they have to be, you know, big lockdown defenders for them. 
What about the rest of the Eastern Conference? We were talking about free agency and who went where, and the Boston Celtics got Chris Stasperzingis and how that affects things. The Milwaukee Bucks basically just returned everybody. I don't think they really uh, uh, made their roster better, but how do you think the Heat look in comparison to the rest of, rest of the Eastern Conference after you've seen what was done with free agency in the offseason? Uh, well, as they stand right now, I think people would probably put them behind those three teams because they always put them behind those three teams. I think the thing that's going to be interesting with this Miami team is how do they handle a regular season? I'm saying I'm taking this without having Damian Lillard. So if they don't have Damian Lillard, how does a Heat team that squeaked into the playoffs, essentially winning the last play in and made it to the NBA finals? If they run it back, how seriously are they going to take the regular season this year around? Because they kind of played around last year. They lost to a lot of bad teams. I mean, you want to talk about the ultimate play down to their competition team? I mean, that was the Miami Heat. I can't tell you guys how many games against the Hornets and the Pistons and the Spurs I was watching this year where I was just like, I, I can't believe they lost that game. Even the Nets, who were a decent team, but like, they were, you know, just getting things together. And Miami had, like, everything to play for to solidify a six seed. And they got the doors blown off them. And so you just see this Jekyll and Hydeness of them that was so inexplicable at times for them this year. And then they would have games against the Celtics or the Bucks or the Nuggets or the Suns, and they just ball out. And so I am curious to see if it's a very similar Heat team this year, what does this regular season look like? Because as we all know, the legend of playoff Jimmy – He's kind of, uh, you know, gives you about, you know, 55% of the season at max. And then, like, he'll have his games he sits out. And then he'll have his games that he coasts and just kind of picks it up in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, so – and then the other thing is, if they don't get this trade done, what does that do to the guy I mentioned earlier in Tyler Hero? Because this is the third summer in a row he's been in trade rumors. And you can start to see – you know, he's starting to get a, a little social media anxious. Like, he's being very cryptic on Instagram. He's wiped the heat off of his bio. So I think some feelings are starting to get hurt with Tyler. The word around town is he's telling people that he believes he's getting traded. Um, but that's an interesting thing because if they don't pull off this Dame thing, how do they mend fences with, uh, with Boy Wonder? I mean, Portland's cool, but I can't blame him. He's in Miami, so I could see why he'd be a little bit buttered. Um, speaking of guys that play about 55% of the time, we got a couple of minutes left. Tua Dude, and the Dolphins. Tua and the – I might be, but Tua and the Miami Dolphins. Everybody's talking about either Buffalo or now that Aaron Rodgers is out there. Can Miami actually win the division? Oh, I think so. Like, look, they were very close with Buffalo last year in every game they played. Uh, and it was, it's, it was funny hearing how, you know, the Buffalo fan was, like, belly aching about the Dolphins and the sun at Hard Rock Stadium. And the thing I just found funny about it is Buffalo up until last year was steamrolling the Dolphins for, like, three straight seasons. It wasn't even a competition. And then for them to be so, like, you know – upset that the dog they just finally learned Miami has played plays their games in the heat it was a little laughable but even the playoff game with Skylar Thompson like they literally needed Skylar Thompson to hand them the game so I don't think the Dolphins have this fear of the Buffalo Bills and I think that the Dolphin fan down here is kind of enjoying all of the drama Buffalo is going through um it's been a pretty smooth ride down here with getting Vic Fangio and Jalen Ramsey now we do have this whole your, your boy Tyree Kill he's gotten into some trouble recently 
apparently he like allegedly slapped some dude at a fishing marina upside the head and that I don't know if that'll result in a suspension or not. I hope it doesn't because he's really awesome. Um, but no, there's a lot of pressure, I think, on the Dolphins this year locally because, you know, as much as people love the Panthers and they love the Heat and even love what the Marlins are doing right now, the Dolphins are the, are the heritage team down here. Everybody loves them. And so there's a lot of pressure for them to go out there and win this division and win a playoff game. I haven't done it in 23 years. Plus 275, the Miami Dolphins, to win the AFC East. He is Brendan Tobin. You can catch him every Saturday night at 7 o'clock right here on the BetQL Network. Keep it right here.